Thank you so much for being a listener of the Deep Believer Show. We love our listeners, we pray for our listeners, and we love to hear from our listeners. So if you have anything you'd like to say, if you have any testimonies, or if you have any questions, leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Again, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for being a listener of The Deep Believer Show. Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer Bagnashi with Deep Believer. Today, our guest is a return guest. He needs no announcement, but I will give him one. He is Pastor Henry Schaefer out of Williston, South Carolina, from the Voice of Truth, WUCC 99.9 FM out of Williston, South Carolina. He specializes in deliverance. And the last time he was on, he really really gave us some information that we really needed to hear and it was on spirit spouses and mind control today we're going to talk about spirit spouse because that's something that he really went off on pastor henry thank you so much for being with us again god bless you uh jennifer thank you so much for having me i am excited about beer today so what happened after our interview? Deep Believer really reaches way out there in, into the deep. I can tell you that. So uh, as I, I think I had said this before, or well, I don't know if I told you this or not, but there was a uh, prophecy or a dream that my associate pastor, Bill George, uh, came into my office probably about two weeks before your program or we interviewed. And it said that there was a dream that the Lord had given him. And it was about a video that had went viral and that um, it just it just went off the charts. And I believe it's that video that we did. And because of that video, we have gotten contacts from all over the world. And, and when I look way out there, I'm talking about Dubai, uh, South Korea, uh, Russia, uh, um, all over the African continent, uh, all over the world. People have reached out to us for uh, deliverance, um, UK, and a matter of fact, I have someone right now that we'll be praying for in South Carolina came in from the UK for prayer for deliverance. So the outreach is amazing. And, uh, you just do a top notch job and God is really using you, uh, your venue to reach out the, the message he wants gets out there and he's using you to do it. So I encourage everybody to support your channel, like subscribe, share. <laughs> Thank Very you, Pastor Henry. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're so sweet. So, I mean, when people reached out to you, you said there was one main thing that people really were touched by. What was it? Yes. The subject of spirit spouses, you know, we talked about mind control and, you know, a lot of people started reaching out to us for that. But as we progressed through the video and we talked about mind control and uh, then we spoke about, um, Leviathan for a period of time and then spirit spouses that right there really struck a chord in the the world the christian world of problems that people are having and based off of that it's just that's where everybody started calling we need help we need help you know i think what it is jennifer is that that is a subject that god is concerned about you know i've done a lot of videos over the years but when it hit the subject that god is concerned about then that's the one that god promoted and it was truly the uh, spirit spouse problem that uh, is, is plagues the world. 
and God promoted that to go out there to really help his people. And I think uh, even today, the subjects where it's just dedicated to that uh, subject, it will uh, help a lot of people. Tell us this. What is a spirit spouse for those who did not see it before or for those who need to recap? What is a spirit spouse particularly? Well, a spirit spouse can go under many names uh, and terms uh, that you'll see in a deliverance ministry. But uh, mainly a spirit spouse definition is a, a demonic spirit that sexually um, attacks a male or female or children uh, either, of either gender. And it will marry itself to that person uh, through open doors of sin or generational curses. This spirit will um, attach itself and start to molest them in a sexual way. And that would be considered a spirit spouse that considers you as its spouse. You don't consider it as a spouse. It considers you as the spouse. And, uh, and you know, and it starts to treat you um, in such a way that of a true uh, human would treat a spouse as being caring, loving, jealous. That's what a spirit spouse is. So, But you'll hear the terms like incubus, uh, which is a spirit that attacks um, the, the, the male spirit that attacks female, the succubus spirit is a demonic spirit that attacks, uh, a male. And then you will have, um, uh, an other terms you will hear things like a uh, Lilith or Lilith. Some people call it Lilith or a term called Lilith, uh, of a specific demonic spirit that uses, um, a sexual encounters to get what it wants. So you hear those terms like that, spirit spouse, incubus, succubus, uh, or Lilith or Lalit. These terms are, you know, are prevalent in deliverance ministers when they're talking about uh, sexual encounters uh, from the demonic side. As we are growing up in our, you know, from small child coming up, started our bodies developing that the, the exploration, the natural exploration of our own bodies uh, many times that's the open door that the demonic spirit is waiting for to happen. And then there are suggestive type things that happens through our culture, through videos, through television programs or books. And nowadays, especially because of schools of telling people how their body works at a very young age, and they start to explore those things when they go home, that through those suggestive uh, impulses in our own bodies, as we're growing that those are the open doors uh, to things. Now, you know, I'm going to say some things, Jennifer, that um, male, female company or those who are listening um, that here is, you know, on this side of the screen, I am just as embarrassed behind my face <laughs> as saying it, but I have to say it so that it's not uh, innuendos or things. But as people are progressing and they're exploring, uh, they may have sexual dreams or in terms where or some of those things are happening as they're growing up. That's the doorway that opens up the, um, the door to a demonic spirit, uh, when we're doing those kind of things. And, but I think what it is, is, is it's because we don't want to talk about those very poignant things is be, is, is the doorway that allows the demons to come in and torment our children because we just don't want to speak to the very issue and be bad matter of fact, whether it be mom doing it or dad doing it with the sons and all and in a spiritual way so that they can share with 
them, their sons and daughters, don't do this because that's the open door to a demonic spirit. Well, see, nowadays, most people don't believe that. They don't believe that there is a demonic spirit, so they don't even share these things with us. And because of that being hidden is the way the wolf is able to uh, ensnare our people. I'm actually glad that you mentioned that there are some people who don't believe in it. Why do you think people don't believe in it now? Because I know 20, 25 years ago and prior, they did believe. So what do you think happened? Well, I think in most cultures, um, in a lot of cultures, that the demonic spirits is something that is prevalent because even from small children, and I'm talking on the African continent or South America or over the islands, uh, the different places that voodoo and witchcraft and those type things is something that's, that's prevalent. So dealing with the supernatural from that level, they don't have a problem with that. But when you come into the, uh, the American culture, you see that where I can see where that can happen overseas or in one of those countries, undeveloped countries, so that the church people are not being taught the reality of demonic spirits, how that they can influence Christians, Christians' lives or their families. And because of it not being ministered to from the pulpits to people, that many people go into captivity because of the lack of knowledge. And but when you start speaking about these issues and bringing knowledge uh it's like i tell people like when we're sharing things like this here it's like a, a intelligence gathering you know when you sit down you get ready to go into a mission you're you're gathering intelligence so you're just sitting there listen to someone speak let me share with you some intelligence and with that intelligence then you can go out and formulate a plan to attack the enemy with or prepare for the attack i recently saw a conference with you with Pastor Greg Locke, and when you were preaching, I believe it was the second day of the tent revival or tent deliverance, while you were preaching on spirit spouses, a demon manifested in a man in the audience. What happened? Yes. Well, what happened is, um, matter what I was actually talking about was uh, mind control is what I was talking about. And, um, just to make sure I got it right, it was about mind control and in the back of the, uh, now there was like 3000 people there. Uh, you talking about for me, that was a, whoo <laughs> but, uh, 3000 people were there and we're talking about mind control, but that the back of the tent, um, there, he started manifesting of the spirit that I was talking about. He manifested, they actually had to pick him up and carry him out. And they, they finished the deliverance he had on him because what I was talking about was manifesting in him. Now to go ahead and say that Jennifer is that when you're starting to talk about spirit spouses and how that they manifest in the body of how that, uh, there can be a manifestation as we're talking to someone right now, maybe listening that they, this spirit, here's what we're saying. And it can become active in a person's body start messing with them sexually as we're talking about it uh and things like that so that's what's that can be going on as well just like it did with mind control give me give me some examples of people who you've helped deliver out of spirit spouse abuse what give us some examples of some stories that you have where a person was delivered i mean nothing confidential of course but oh is yeah. There an example? yeah you know i can sh yeah i can give you some examples the, um, so when we're sharing these things, Jennifer, it's not a matter of uh, sharing these, I, I just say out of a book and then 
saying this is what a spirit spouse is, whether it be an incubus, succubus, or succubi, or incubi, or a lilith, or some sort like that. But these are actual, I mean, I prayed for thousands of people, and the spirit spouses that are very prevalent that we have seen many times they're not just one. The person doesn't just have one, but they have many um, spirit spouses. And just as our culture is today, to where a person will have maybe many lovers or may have many sexual encounters prior to getting married, each one of these can be an open door to a, to a, a spirit spouse. But with that being said, so those are the things that we look for. So the examples of spirit spouses, I had a, uh, a, a friend that we were taking through deliverance and this female uh, was actually up North and I was zooming like we are now. Now I had another female minister with me on camera. So there was a three-way uh, because I said, Hey, you need to be on here with me. And we're going to attack this spirit spouse, this uh, woman. Now she had to be 30 years old. And she was telling me that she was being sexually molested um, immediately when her, when her husband got out of bed uh, in the morning time, this spirit would start working on her and he'd be right there in the room. And this thing is starting to, uh, to stimulate her. And she says, I don't want any th this anymore. So, you know, I took her through deliverance and we're making sure that she's a Christian, all of these things here. She tells the story of this. She said, I have been everywhere trying to get help. She says, I've been to the Catholic church. They can't help me. She says, I've been to shamans. They can't help me. She says, I've went to, um, um, to where people read their palms and all of, she said, I've been everywhere and they can't help me. And she says, I need help. Please help me. And she'd been other to other ministry. I can't, and I'm not putting, not disparaging them in any way whatsoever. I'm just telling you what she told me. And then what she does is as we're taking her through deliverance, uh, I started, I started to ask her this question. I said, tell me your, I call the spirit spouse up and I'm going to do this. What, just what she did. I said, tell me your name. I said, I want to know your name. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't say anything. And I said, tell me your name. And then all of a sudden I see her take her pen and a piece of paper and she writes, and here's what she did. Just like you and I are on zoom right now. And this is what she did. She held this up just like that. And she said, that right there, that's my name. Can you see that? Yes. So it spice. says spice. Spice. S-P-I-C-E. Uh-huh. And immediately, immediately when she said that, uh, had written that, the next question, and this is the question that you would want to help deliverance ministers to understand what would be the appropriate uh, next next um, uh, you know line here, a question. But what I did is when I when she wrote spice there. I turned my computer on my extra screen I have right here. And I said, the definition of spice, I looked it in Google. And when it comes, when it came up, it says like salt, pepper, condiments, things like that. And the next line down, it says plural for spouse. Spice is plural for spouse. Wow. And so the next thing I asked, I said, tell me how many spirit spouses are there and she went like this here her her face uh, contorted she got like that there and she went there's 10 of us in here and she had 10 spirit spouses so through that we were able now to identify 
the name of a spirit, which was called spice. It's so cool. See what I just told you, you can't make up and what demonic spirits do behind the names of those spirit spouses many times are what they do and how they are hidden uh, within the person's makeup. And they do not want you to find out, but they are intelligent beings. They are person like Derek Prince says, they are persons without a body that wants to be in a body and they want to torment you while you're in your body. And so it, they hide behind the name of what they are. It's like Legion. You know, I said, what is your name? says, my name is Legion. Well, see, if you hadn't, uh, we know because we're on this side with Jesus and he says, well, my name is Legion for, and then he goes on for, we are many. Now we look at the Roman Legion and we say, well, we know how many that would be a thousand or whatever that number is. And those demons hide behind those names. He could have just said Legion and you would say, well, come out Legion. And you wouldn't realize you had a thousand in there. And the same thing with the spirit spouse spice 10 being in that. And, and she got free from that. So that's, that's a, that's an example uh, of the spirit spouse being set free. Of course, what we did, there's a process that you take of, uh, setting the person free. And what we did is we had her because spirit spouses, when they come and they attach themselves to a, a person, many times you will have an encounter with a spirit spouse that will be in the dreams. They will come into your dreams and where it will come through, maybe through a familiar spirit, someone that, you know, it could be a boyfriend that you've had uh, a sexual encounter with, or someone that you are, um, uh, fantasizing about that, that spirit will show up in your dreams and in the dreams, what they will do that they, they may even, um, marry you in the dreams and give you a ring, many report of having a ring on their finger, uh, giving to them. And in that dream, so that is, 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 is the marriage part. I mean, you receive a ring before you consummate the marriage. And that's what happens in that dream. They will marry in a dream. And then what will happen? They will say, consummate the connection by having a sexual encounter in your dreams. And where, whether it be some type of stimulation uh, ejaculation or some type of masturbation or, you know, uh, climaxing, these kind of things are where they, they, they marry that. And then they consummate and the, and whether or not this ever happens again, ever the marriage is consummated, it's done. And that is how the, the demonic spirit takes hold of a person throughout their entire life, uh, in that. So they can come to you in dreams to where you're actually asleep and it happens. The other form of them coming in can be through semi-conscious to where a person is in their bedroom or wherever they're at, and they're in a semi-conscious state. They're not in a dream state, but they're between um, sleep and, uh, and consciousness. They're there in that, you know, that kind of like, I'm almost, there's something going on. Well, that's where that spirit can come in and start to molest a person. And many people, um, you know, participate in the act, uh, of having something, uh, there with them. Uh, and then of course there can be full blown on, uh, you're wide awake. You can't stop. It's here. It's attacking you. And, uh, there is no, there is no dream state or in semi-conscious those kind of, so they, you'll see them activate in all of these areas. Uh, in a person's life, the main thing you're doing with deliverance is you're trying to find out 
where, how does this thing attack you? How does this spirit attack you? And uh, how do we close the door to it? How do we find out what it is? What's the open door? What's the closed door that we can close the door we can close and uh, be able to set the person free. We're doing all right. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. And I want to go back just a little bit when you were talking about how you asked the spirits, what were their names? And I know sometimes people may be, or some people mention how they would never speak to a demon, but what you did was actually biblical because Jesus did oh, that, right? Exactly. Uh-huh. Is that many times spirits will, um, they will not come out, um, unless you give them their, unless they give the name, they want, they want you to know their name. And Jesus shows us that there are times when you say, what is your name? And it comes out by name. So I've had times, Jennifer, where, uh, and when I was learning beginning into this here, I would call up a spirit of abuse. I said, come out abuse. I want you to come out And a spirit says, I said, come up abuse, come up on a, get up here. I'm going to make you renounce come up and the spirit of beast says, well, which one of us do you want? And I said, well, how many are in there? I'm going to go tell you the number. It says, uh, there's five of us in here. I said, now, so you got to realize this is, these are lessons for me to learn just as it would be incubus or succubus. But I said, how many are there? Uh, uh, you know, come up abuse of which one you want. And it says, um, uh, I said, well, then, how many are there? And it says, there's five of us. And then the next question is, I says, well, then tell me your name. And it was, uh, sexual abuse, uh, verbal abuse, physical abuse, um, um, mental abuse. And I think it was another abuse. I can't remember what, but there was five abuses, but it wanted to let me know that it knew the difference between five abuses that would be there. And you call out abuse. Well, you call out one, you leave four. See, that's where the problem is with people taking through deliverance is that these lessons I'm trying to share with you are very important that you get all abuses. You get all spirit spouses, you get them all together. You get them out. You don't leave anything behind like spice. I wouldn't have got 10. I'd have got one, uh, you know, that had been a manifestation of one. I wouldn't have got all of them. So yeah, asking the name, uh, to ask that name because it's important. They are prideful, demonic spirits. And it's like a room. Just say you have a, a room that you walk up to the door and that's what deliverance is. You go to the door and you'll say, um, Joe, come up here, Joe, Joe, come up here. And there is a hundred people in the room and there's only one Joe in the room. And everybody will say, Joe, he's calling you, Joe, <laughs> you better get up there. He's calling you. He ain't talking to me. Joe gets up, comes to the door and Joe comes out. That is how the, this, that's how it works. You just don't stand up and say, I want all of y'all to come out. They said, that ain't happening like that. No, no, we ain't doing that. That makes that's sense. Good. That's so good. <laughs> it's and pretty I'm glad simple. Emphasize that because people do wonder um, why you have to say their names. And I'm so glad you emphasized also how you have to keep calling the names because if not, you'll leave some behind. So they'll leave undelivered. They'll be delivered, exactly. delivered from some, but then you'll have still some left exactly. over. I like how the way you describe this shows that these spirits, when they give names, it seems like the names are function rather than typical names itself. They're functions. They have duties. Um, exactly. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, to respond to that, Jennifer, is that when you come up to um, just say abuse, 
and you talk about the different types of abuse, they all have that name abuse. When you get into that, you know, like emotional issues, like rejection, it could be self-rejection, could be hurt or deep hurt or things like this here. But when you step up into some of these other things, like uh, spirit spouses, they, they don't use the name spirit spouse. They use an entity name, a very personalized name. Now you could have unforgiveness, a spirit of unforgiveness, say towards Joe or Sally or mom or dad, but it would always be this, the spirit of unforgiveness towards somebody or to someone, but we always address it as unforgiveness towards somebody, but yes, very personalized. It can be by function. A lot of times, if I do not know the name of the spirit and you are exactly right, I call it out by function. The one that causes itching on the right arm, the one that causes burning in a certain area or pain in the lower right back or what have you, I call it by that function because understanding that sometimes a spirit cannot talk because the spirit can't talk because it's mute and it can't speak. <laughs> you see what I mean? So there are times when, uh, you have to wreck and there, Hey, listen here. There are times by knowing that I have taken a piece of paper and put it in someone's hand with an ink pen and say, write your name, tell me your name. And they will write their name, uh, in what they say, uh, in that. So pretty great, pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. I know earlier you mentioned that things can happen to them in their sleep and they get married to them in their sleep unwillingly sometimes um, by what happens in their body. Now, is there a way that a person can renounce that in their dreams? So if there was an effort being made by the demonic spirit, can a person renounce what is happening or resist what is happening in that dream? In the dream. Well, oftentimes a report they do that they run from the spirit that is molesting them in the dreams or the spirit is making them do sexual acts that they don't want to do. And that they are, they'll call the name of Jesus and that the spirit will back off or that, uh, you know, they will start resisting, fighting, running from that spirit. And, uh, they seem to get away from it, but over and over or repeatedly that you will find out that that is just a form of torment because it hasn't closed the door that has given the spirit legal right. And the next night it's the same thing as something else trying to get in bed with you. And, you know, and when we talk about that, um, Jennifer, I want people to understand is that have I had a problem or, you know, is this something possible that I'm dealing with? And I tell people as we begin the, the deliverance process to find out and inquire what's going on, have you had something that would try to come lie in bed with you? Did you feel something pressure get in bed or lay up against you uh, or something like that? Have you know, have many people have reported even the the uh, their covers being pulled back uh, of something happening? And then, of course, the uh, the things happening uh, in their, you know, in their bed, do they feel something trying to lie on them? And I'm not talking about a, a spirit hag that would try to come on you and try to choke you. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about a spirit that wants to, uh, have sex with you. Many of them report, like you said, them trying to push away this spirit and trying to resist it. And when they start to resist the spirit, that the spirit will become violent and become angry, uh, because it, you are pushing it away 
free will pushing it away and it becomes angry because it wants to have that encounter with you. And so many people, because it will strike them or hurt them. I have seen people where they've had gripped on their arms, the fingers like this here marks on their arms, or I have seen straps uh, around their shoulders to, and I got, and I got, and when I say this here, I have images of this to where they would have something would grab them and actually grip them. And it would be bruised. The next day would be almost, it would be reddened where it grabbed them at, or I've even got videos. Uh, I mean, images of where there would be claw marks that would be on their back, but not only on their back, but it was through the clothes that they had on that was scratched and then in their bodies because these things can become violent that's why um it's necessary to get them out and people are tormented with them you know what i'm really happy that you mentioned that also because i've heard through the years for years now that sometimes people wake up and maybe not even remembering their dreams or whatever but they wake up with scratches on their body not knowing how they ever got there would you say that that yep. could be a possibility. Yes. Yes. That definitely is that those type things like that are happening. You know, they, they, they're asleep. They don't know what's going on, but you have marks on your body. I've seen bite marks, big bite marks be on a person, uh, cause these are huge demonic creatures, uh, you know, that want to, uh, molest, molest children, molest women, molest men as well. And there's just so much you can talk about with these incidences, uh, of spirit spouses, but they have a purpose. You know, the, the open doors to a lot of these, um, are through, through sexual encounters, uh, you know, outside of marriage, it doesn't matter if it's outside of marriage, you can start having the fantasy dreams and coming in, there can be open doors, Jennifer, the, where, um, uh, there are shamans who, uh, entertain these demonic spirits and they marry them, uh, you know, to give them power and things like that. Um, the open doors can be through you get just say, how did you get one? Well, there can be witch, um, uh, witchcraft can be put on a person and a demonic spirit like this to be sent to them, uh, through an open door of witchcraft. Um, there are a lot of ways that people receive, you know, at one time, Jennifer, I would say, Oh, that Jesus, you know, he's stronger than all of this stuff. You can't bother him. I'm telling you what, we are truly in a battle. And when people start telling us, especially Christians start telling us, I am having a fight with this, but nobody can help me. I think what we need to do is really understand that this is uh, something that Jesus, something that the father is concerned about. And when I look at this, I see someone, it would be like this happening with my children or my grandchildren having a room in my house. And there would be a burglar that is coming in or an intruder has come in and they're in the other room and they are raping my children or my grandchildren. And I am on the other side of the door and I know that's going on, but, uh, I'm afraid to open the door up and go in there and rescue them. And that's what God sees. God sees his children being molested by an enemy that is being hidden. Uh, from uh, the culture, from the church, church culture. And the Lord is waking up the mighty men. The pastor says, you need to, st you're supposed to be shepherds, man. You're supposed to get up and understand that this is real. 
and God's people are being molested. And it's time for the shepherds to stand up. And, you know, God gives us a, he gives us a shepherd's crook to help people with, but he also, that, that's a, the shepherd's staff, but he also gives us a rod and that rod is to beat the enemy away. And the shepherds are not beating the enemy away, but he is trying to bring it to light so that you will stand up and get rid of these spirit spouses and close the door and say, not my sheep. You're not going to do this anymore. That makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. So tell us more about the other examples, because I know you mentioned that you had even more examples. Of oh, yeah. I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I had mentioned to this before, and it was uh, it's on the channel that I that I do. It's called uh, the spirit spouse called Sagittarius. And uh, this spirit spouse, this was a a, a woman that uh, I, I had. You know, we take in people phone calls. They come in and they want us to help them. And, um, I was going back through the phone calls, just making sure that I erased everything. And it was like a year back. Uh, you know, we had answered a lot of them there. It looked like there was one that fell between the cracks and it was a year old. And I said, I'm not going to call this number. I'm just going to erase it. And the Lord spoke to me and he says, no, you call it. I called that number and there was a, a woman on the other end. And I said, Hey, my name is Henry Schaefer. And, uh, I want to return your call. I got you off my phone, off my phone call here for the spiritual freedom network. And I just want to make sure you got everything taken care of. She says, no, she said, I was yesterday. I was crying out to God saying, God, please, somebody help me. Please send somebody to help me. And she had a spirit that was tormenting her and she was being sexually molested by this spirit over and over and over and could not stop, would not stop no matter how much she fought at all. So I started taking her through deliverance. And as I took her through deliverance, I called the spirit spouse up, the one that molested her. I said, come up in the name of Jesus. And she, it came up and I asked, what is your name? And the spirit said, she wrote it down. She, no, she said, here's what it is. She says, I hear this word. It's called, she said, she started doing her head like this. I'll never forget. She said, Sagittarius. She said, Sagittarius. And when she said that name, uh, she had told me that in her dream, I asked her, did uh, in this, if she ever had a dream where somebody in the dream gave her a ring on her, uh, slid it over her marriage finger on, you know, with the left hand, a marriage ring. And she said, yes, uh, it did. And uh, she said, it gave me uh, a blue ring, you know, silver with blue ring. And when she called up that name, when I said Sagittarius, or she did, I said, you know, I'm not a bet person, but I would almost bet that Sagittarius birthstone is going to be blue. Sure enough, she had her computer out and she looked it up and she screamed and she said, that's the ring that was on my finger. And it was a blue of her bluish color, you know, birthstone. So we called up that spirit and I had her take her finger, uh, like it was on a ring. Now you and I had done this last time. I think you remember us saying it, but this is for people who has not heard this to divorce that spirit spouse. And just like I did with the lady with 10, a spice, the way we had her to separate herself from that spirit spouse. I had her do 10 times spirit spouse, one spirit spouse, two to divorce it. This one here was same way because we learned how to do it and say divorce that spirit and she threw that ring off and then that spirit spouse Sagittarius came out of her 
and she was set free from it. So that is, it would take on the name of the blue ring and it took on the name Sagittarius. And that was the color of the birthstone that it put over her finger. And she only, I think she only had one is all that she had with one spirit spouse, but it's on the channel. I mean, you can go and listen to the whole thing. She, she very openly came there to share with her, uh, the, with the world, her experience. And that's what I'm trying to do now is that look in your dreams. Tell me of a time when something married you in the dreams, gave you a ring or gave you a token or something like that, mainly a ring over your finger. Jennifer, I have seen this. I have seen people who have come for deliverance and, uh, their marriage finger, their ring finger would be so swollen that they could not get a ring on their finger. There was something wrong with their finger. And when we prayed and prayed over that spirit spouse, commanded it to come out and symbolically divorce that spirit spouse by throwing it uh, in, you know, into never, never land or into the spirit realm and divorcing it. And that's what we were doing. We were declaring a divorce of the spirit spouse from the person that immediately her finger swelling went down to a normal size that this spirit spouse did not want her to put her marriage ring on. And you can determine this here a lot of times by just talking with that person. Yes, there's something wrong with my wedding ring finger and I do, I can't get it on there or my finger swollen in such a way I had to take my ring off and I can't put nothing on my finger in that. And, uh, so that is, this is some crazy stuff, isn't it? But this is how we set people free from spirit spouses. So someone will say, well, I've been married for 50 something years and I have a very successful marriage. Why uh, do you think I have a spirit spouse? Well, this was a shock to me because it was a friend that becomes a friend of that has become a friend of mine now and is married over 50 years. And as we started, he was talking about having problems in his marriage. And I said, so let's go back. And as I called up the spirit spouse that was there in that man, in that man's life, in his, uh, mind, will, and emotions, the spirit spouse, there was a spirit that came up and I, and I said, come up. I want the spirit spouse to come up and listen, this was a spirit that came up. I said, what is your name? And the spirit says, my name is Amy, you know, A-M-Y. I said, go down. And I call that spirit spouse. I said, go down. And then I call the man up. I said, come up, come on up in the name of Jesus. And I said, did you hear that? And he says, no, I didn't hear it. I said, you didn't hear what we just, what we just said. He said, no. I said, tell me, think about it in your life. Tell me who Amy is. And all of a sudden he says, oh, 10 years old. He said, Amy and I, we were exploring our bodies and I had sex with Amy at 10 years old and this spirit. And this is what happened. I said, that spirit spouse took on that name of Amy and entered at 10 years old and had been with him this whole time. And this spirit spouse is what causes problems in people's marriage is the spirit spouse. So we call the spirit up, look at this here now. So he takes his finger like this here and we do it very simply divorce. I divorce Amy in the spirit realm now, and he's got his finger like this here and he's pulling on it. It's symbolic. You know, you're just trying to pull your finger off, right? You know, pull a, an invisible ring off. So he's trying to pull it off and he's going like this 
and he can't get the ring off. It will not let him separate his arms like that and pull this ring off. And uh, so I said, I said, I said, let's stop a minute. And I turned around and I got my anointing oil because I was sitting there and I just took the anointing oil and I just put it on his finger, on his finger. I said, hold your finger out. And he did, I did it right over the rings part of the finger there. Cause you know, the scripture tells us that the anointing destroys the yoke that the devil has over us. Now it doesn't mean that it makes it slippery and comes off, but the yoke, the anointing destroyed the yokes. And I, I pronounced that over that ring that was there that would not separate. And I said, now let's do it. And all of a sudden I said, now to pull that ring off and divorce that spirit. And all of a sudden it, one, one time like that, it pulls it off like that. And he looks like this, Jennifer, look, he goes, he was shocked that he was able to pull that ring off because he had done it before pulling on it hard. And he could not get that invisible ring off of his hand. And so he divorced that spirit spouse that was there. Now, when we talk about this here, the, the spirit spouse that comes in through, whether it be through witchcraft or through sexual encounters, or whether it be, listen here, soul ties of a person that can come in. Like, uh, I had a, I had a, a person who had a soul tie through a, a dead husband that, the spirit came in through the dead husband. And after he died, this spirit would visit her and would sexually molest her. And she was thinking that it was her dead husband, but she, she knew she didn't want this to happen. And when we took her through deliverance, we had to uh, break the soul ties with her dead husband and divorce that spirit spouse. And it's reported because I've been, I've stayed in contact with her that she has been set free from the spirit spouse, which she could not get free from until she came and visited with us. And she got free from it because we, we dug into, we just didn't say come out spirit spouse, come out spirit spouse. You had to get to the point to where you sever the soul tie, get to the point of what was going on and uh, get this spirit spouse uh, to come out of her uh, in Jesus name. There's so much that I got to tell. And I know, I don't know how much time we got. There's one thing that I wanted to mention that you brought okay. out how when you were delivering a woman from spirit spouse, the spirit in her said, I'm the spirit of Sagittarius. And how ironic that it says it's the spirit of Sagittarius, which has to do with astrology. And yep. I know a lot of people, especially Christians, don't even know how astrology is not from God. So could you just talk a little bit? I know this doesn't have to do with spirit spouses, but astrology is not from God. Could you just break right. that down for yeah. people who are confused? Yeah. There's a difference between astronomy, which is the study of the stars, the sun, moon, and the stars. I mean, that's, a, that's astronomy, but astrology is where the Zodiac is divided up into the 12 constellations. And each one of those constellations, of course, is what is found in the study of the stars. But what happens is that people starts to pervert what God has created and they start to now follow uh, the zodiac signs, and, and it can be happening through, you know, through um, uh, your your life. You're telling the what's going to happen for today's activities, what's going to happen this month, looking at those type things. And what is so so uh, terrible about it as well is that now is that they'll have a birthstone. So that birthstone is something of each one of those will start now to 
uh, identify themselves as a birthstone or some type of a crystal or some type of a token to where that they can actually take it and wear it on their like jewelry or on their rings, on their fingers and things like that, knowing that the demonic spirits behind those is actually claiming hold onto a person's uh, spiritual man, onto their bodies and things like this here. But I'm going to tell you, Jennifer, while we're talking about that, uh, about the astrology and all, through deliverance, we have found out that there are different, the zodiac signs is that based off of certain zodiac signs, there are in people's body locations that we have seen that if you're born with, say, Capricorn or something like that, that you may have something like knee problems. Every person may, if you're having knee problems, it could be cause of that sign of the Zodiac. We have seen a lot of these different things like this here, that deliverance ministries. Now we're not trying to follow astrology. We're saying, what's your sign? And are you having this kind of problem in your body or your emotional? And then we realize it can be tied through the Zodiac, through the astrology. You can renounce it. And many times those things break and that would not normally break until you renounce that astrology sign. Was that partly brought on by a parent? Because I remember how you said maybe they were born with it or something like that. Could that have entered in through a parent? Yes. Who have been messing with oh, yes. astrology? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, there's a lot of people who do it innocently. That's what I just want to see what it says for today. Innocently, they open up themselves to it. But parents, uh, it could be passed down to them as well through, uh, you know, generational generational spirits uh, in that but uh, on the same note as far as generational spirits i'm gonna tell you something that i found that just happened to me and when i tell you this jennifer that you know there's there's a lot of things i like to read about the the deliverance but i'm finding out that many times while i'm doing deliverance the holy spirit teaches me and shows me to where I can take now a lesson he has taught me and I can put it in a book format and say, you, you need to read this because this is revelation uh, about the enemy uh, in that, you know, I'm not, not that I'm a witch or a warlock or anything like that. And I'm giving you revelation, but I am a deliverance minister that has been anointed by God to help set God's people free. So I'm just going to share with you the things that he has shared with us so that it can be perpetuated throughout other deliverance ministers as well, because you may run across this. So there are things that we have seen about bloodline spirit spouses. And when we talk about having a generational curse on us for a spirit spouse, a generational curse that can be generational. Mom had it. Dad had it. Grandparents had it. And this spirit goes right down the line to where why am I the one that's having this problem through uh, masturbation? I can't stop. I can't stop what's going on with me. And this thing has been passed down through generations. So armed with that information, I was taking a, a man through deliverance and um, he had two spirit spouses and the names of the spirit spouses is not that important right now, but the information I'm going to share with you is, So I asked, I said, how many spirit spouses are there? And as I called it up, said, how many are there? And it said, we are in the father. We are in senior. And you like, you're looking at me like this here. I'm going, what do you mean you're in senior? It says, and we're in the brothers. 
I said, how many spirit spouses are here? Said two. I said, well, how many are in the father? He said two. And he says, and we're also in the brothers and one each has a spirit spouse. And it says we have married the bloodline. So in the bloodline, he only had two, but the spirit that was in there confessed to having six and that we own the bloodline. So what happens is, and if, see, we know, see, everybody says, well, we believe in uh, generational curses and owning the bloodline. This spirit told me, he said, I am two of six. There's two of us in here and we are six that have married this, this family bloodline so that when a person dies, those demonic spirits come outside of the person and then it looks to go into the nearest one into them through an open door. It goes into them and it spirit spouse. It's just like, it's just like someone marrying the bloodline is what's what, what took place. And we were able, now I was only able to set him free of two because that's who I was dealing with. I wasn't dealing with senior and I wasn't dealing with his two brothers, but I had to deal with, uh, that there. So that is a revelation to me of how a spirit spouse can own the bloodline and mar not to, when I talk about own it, but marry to it, it said we've married the bloodline and it's looking for a time when this one here leaves that it will marry into another one uh, of that same bloodline as well. So sometimes you can be living your life and not, not experience this. Someone in your bloodline die. Next thing you know, it shows up in your dreams and it starts to mess with you in your dreams and things like that. Does that sound crazy, Jennifer? It's crazy, but it's true. And earlier you mentioned also about soul tie, how a woman had a soul tie. Explain to the audience who may not know what a soul tie is or who have never heard of a soul tie. What is a soul tie? Well, a soul tie is a, uh, a connection, a spiritual connection between two people. The scripture tells us that when a, a, a man and a woman come together and just because they marry and put on a, a, a ring and that is on the outside of to where they see this at, but the consummation of the marriage where there is the actual shedding of blood and then, and a blood covenant being made, which is the way it's supposed to be that there is a soul tie that is formed a godly soul tie to where two become one. What happens is that the two become one, what the wife experiences, the husband experiences. It can be a sickness. It can be hurt. It can be joy Two become one. They are not divided. Well, what the enemy does prior to marriage that God has uh, said, this is the way it's supposed to be. What he does is that he will have an encounter with someone in our life. He will bring someone along that is not godly or they could be godly, but it's outside of marriage. And a, when they have a sexual encounter, it can form a soul tie can form and everything that that one person has, they have as well. Physically, it could be spiritually, mentally, the spirits between the two can move back and forth. The multiple encounters with people and sexual partners really mess things up because everything they have is an open avenue back and forth. That's why people come together. They're, they're really messed up and they need deliverance, especially from a lot of those things. It can happen at, at a young age. But I will tell you this here, 
Jennifer, what I found out of where a, a young woman was telling me that she had a spirit spouse. She had two and we identified the names. One was of course her dead husband. I told you about that. She got set free from, but the second one, the second one that we found out was a spirit that was called James and James. If you look at the Bible is a gender neutral name. Most people don't know that. So it could be an incubi or an incubus or a succubus, but James means the supplanter and that this supplanter, these things hide behind names. But she said, I never had a sexual encounter with James, but she did confess to this here is that when she kissed him, that was enough to transfer a spirit spouse into her. So I want to make sure that I say that here because that is a learning thing that I have learned just kissing because it, it leads to foreplay, a sexual encounter that can happen. Can a spirit spouse can be opened and an open door just through kissing or fondling or things like that. And we were able to close the door, renounce it. And she was okay, but wow. yeah, just kissing wow. Uh, wow. and things like that. Now. So people are wondering, and I know a few people are wondering this. If I have a spirit spouse and I'm saved, can I go to hell if I have a spirit spouse? Can you go to heaven? Hell. Oh, can you go to hell? Yeah. No, if you're, no, no, no. That's a good question. Um, can I go to hell if I have a spirit spouse? I don't believe a spirit spouse will send you to hell. I don't believe that. I believe you'll be tormented all the way because a spirit spouse does not live in your spirit, man. That when you're saved, you are saved and your spirit man is what's made alive in your flesh or in your mind, will, and emotions are things that are changing. And that's what God is doing. He's changing your thought patterns. The word of God does that. You get mind control out, doubt, unbelief or not get all that stuff out, put good stuff in, in your body. The spirit wants to come in and control the body, the spirit spouse. He wants to come in and sexually molest the person. You can, you can clean up that ass don't torment you anymore uh and sanctify your body but th that does not stop you from going to heaven it will not send you to hell but it's something that you need to identify and say hey i'm being tormented and i don't want to do this uh, please help set me free and that's what jesus came to do he came to set captives free from uh tormenting spirits like this uh, as well okay here's another question for you okay. are there any examples of spirit spouses in the bible there are experiences to me to where that let, let's do this here demonic spirits take on the name of people in the bible okay so i i believe that when um samson when samson was was de desiring delilah that there was a spirit behind delilah that was operating into samson's life now, whether it would be now into his dreams and things like that, but it sure cost him his anointing and it sure cost him his ministry that he had. Of course, we know that at the last he killed more Philistines at the last than he did throughout the whole time. But that was, would be in a sexual encounter. I believe these demonic spirits like David and Bathsheba, when Bathsheba was at work there in his life is that there's the hint of that something was working through Bathsheba uh, into David's life that would cost him the life of his uh, of the son, uh, and of course Uriah's life as well. 
And then, uh, then also you look at it in the time of, um, uh, Joseph, when Joseph was there in Potiphar's house, um, uh, Potiphar's wife tried to grab a hold of Joseph to try to pull him into bed. So a lot of these things here, when you look at it, it's, it's, it doesn't say the terms like we're used to saying, but there is something sexual at work, uh, that would be there. And those would be the kind of things I'm going, it doesn't say, but this is the, this embodies the whole idea of a spirit, sexual spirit spouse, trying to pull somebody into an encounter with them. You've described it so well, so many scenarios. How does a person get rid of a spirit spouse? Okay. I believe how you get rid of a spirit spouse is first of all, is finding the, the open door, uh, find out how, what gave it legal right. Uh, like this one, like Amy, 10 years old, I repent of having the encounter with Amy. I renounce that. And I, and, uh, in the name of Jesus, I renounce that point in my life, spirit spouse. Uh, I remove the legal right that you have to me. I don't want you anymore. And so the spirit can the spirit comes out. So it's the renunciation of the sin that opened the door to that molestation can be an open door uh, to a spirit spouse. And let me tell you this here, what I just came across in this here, a person was telling me that they caught the hands of a perpetrator into the, into the, um, the underclothes of a small child. And, uh, and they were telling me about it. And it said, from that point on, this child is continually to masturbate and uh, they, they can't stop it. I says, well, let's go to the point to where this perpetrator came in through this molestation. And now this spirit comes into it and let's renounce that point and get that out and call that demon out, uh, from that person. Those that's, see, you're looking for that point to what gave it legal right to come in to, I, 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 very few have, I been able to say, uh, come out, spirit spouse, come out, spirit spouse, come out. And it goes, <laughs> no, hey, the way this thing works, it don't work like that because these demonic spirits that we're talking about are a little higher level demons. than we are talking about hurt, deep hurt, rejection, abandonment, depression. Uh, all of these things are kind of like on a low hanging fruit. These up here are, are, are spirits that are able to manifest in your dreams and in your body to do what it wants to do uh, in that. So that, how do you get rid of them is the renouncing of it, finding the open door, close it, divorce it. I have, I think I shared this before. And the other time is that when you divorce that spirit spouse and you pull that ring off, I was helping a young man uh, in his situation. And I said, pull that ring off and divorce it in the name of Jesus. And he pulled it off like that. And all of a sudden he, he screams and hollers. He said, there's a ring that has just appeared on my finger. I said, in the name of Jesus, pull that ring off and throw it away because this it just as a spirit can manifest in the body spiritually, it can manifest substance uh, as well. And, uh, you know, divorcing that spirit, speaking it out. Yeah. You, you know, you decree, uh, these things, uh, to speak it out. Uh, and you divorce that spirit in Jesus name, uh, the breaking, the witchcraft there. Are, I am convinced more and more of how, uh, through love potions and doing things to say, if I say this word, right, you help me aphrodisiacs, uh, and things like that are open doors for spirit spouses to come in, uh, to where they are tied to these things to where you have to renounce them spirit spouses that come in through sexual toys and things like that can come in to people. 
is to where you need to renounce those things as well. Uh, I'm just trying to be very, very matter of fact. I, I mean, I want to help people. I want to tell you, uh, I want to tell you of an incident of a spirit spouse and how people pick them up. Can I tell you, I know we're talking about getting rid of them, but I want to tell you how they pick them up and this may help somebody. Uh, this person here married many, many years. Uh, and what had happened is they started taking this person through deliverance from a spirit spouse. And this, this spirit spouse entry goes all the way back when this person was like 12 or 13 years old and they were riding a horse and they were riding bareback on a horse. And as they, the female was riding the horse, um, she started to bleed and the spirit that came up when we took them through deliverance and said, what is your name? And the spirit says, my name is cherry. And it entered in on the horseback when the person was riding. So where did it come from? Ever who was riding the horse before that spirit was on the back of the horse. And then it was just waiting for the moment. And now this woman picked thing up and things like this here. So there is something that's very significant about that. They don't play fair. And that's why the Bible tells us to be sober and vigilant. Uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. And we understand that he doesn't play fair but you can be protected from it. Uh, there are times when spirit spouses come in, Jennifer, uh, and, I, and I can't preach this enough that when you go into a room in a hotel, a motel, and you go into that room, I stand at the door. I say, in the name of Jesus, nothing can enter into me, uh, into this room or anything like this here. Any demonic spirit here has to leave. And then I specifically approach the bed and I say, I do not know what perversion has been done in this bed here. But any demonic spirit, any spirit spouse, you are not welcome, cannot attach to me. When I lie in this bed or anything, out you go in the name of Jesus. Because this is real spiritual warfare. But, and if you start knowing the tactics of your enemy, you can help others as well and not have to have, well, how did I pick this thing up? You know, I, I haven't done anything. How did it just come on me? Well, that's how it comes on you is just by being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And things can enter in. And, and I'll say this here, men and women using things, uh, as far as when they go out into the public and all, I so you gotta be very careful, uh, in this here. I know Jennifer, I just messed up everybody's mind, <laughs> but it's real. And the thing is, I, the thing is I have seen this in deliverance and the, the exposure of it is this is how I entered in and they go, <laughs> and they laugh at our, they laugh at our ignorance. I want to go back a little bit to where you mentioned how spirit spouses can come in even through kissing. So do you believe that this is why in the Bible times and even a hundred years ago that people were court before they got married, where they couldn't, of course, go to bed with each other, of course, and they couldn't even kiss. Do you think right. that that was based on, that was biblical and it was based on, okay, this is for our protection rather ritual. Yes. I believe that moms and dads understood more than what they wanted to tell us. And that the, the people who were labeled old fogies like me, they would say, this is the old fogey here is that you understand is that they knew that those were the open doors to allow uh, demonic spirits to come in through lust. And once the lust is conceived and then, uh, then, you know, fondling and all of these different things starts to take place. Next thing you know, uh, someone's pregnant and they're not, and they're not married. And that's totally, there, there has to be a biblical way of doing this. And I think that the biblical way 
uh, is going to be very rare that you're going to find the biblical way of happening. So, uh, you know, to be able to tell a person, Hey, that we waited till we got married and we've been one-on-one husband and wife for all these years. And, uh, we never stepped outside of our marriage bed and we live like that's the way God meant it to be, because that's the way marriage is supposed to be, uh, an example of how Christ marries the church. And you're supposed to be the living example of that being a chaste virgin up to the point of marriage going all the way through. That is what we want. But the enemy knows that he can uh, supplant us and, and really mess things up in our life. I do want to explain to people about what the spirit spouse does in marriage and how important it is to find these out and to alleviate the person who has them because spirit spouses causes divorce in people's marriage. And it needs to be identified so that they'll know this is, pro this is probably one of the main reasons uh, of things going on. So shall I continue? Please, because that's actually no people who are going through, you know, marital issues right now. And it made me think of what you mentioned earlier in our prior conversation, how spirit spouses can cause divorce because I'll never forget what you said. You said because that person is married to a spirit spouse, that spirit is jealous of your physical spouse. That blew my mind. So, yeah, I would love for you to touch on that because there's a lot of marriages that need to be saved because now divorce among a woman and a man, which is normal marriage, is equal with a Christian marriage and a non-Christian marriage. So like exactly still messed up on both aspects of the spectrum. So could you just touch on that and how to save marriages? Because people are going to bring up divorce or you think they're about to be a single parent. They don't want that. They don't believe their marriage can be saved. How can they save their marriage? Okay. So to recap what you said, I just shared that today with a person is that how can the divorce rate of unsafe people be the same divorce rate of safe people? So we know then that it has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with a marriage that is they're saved serving Jesus and a marriage has nothing to do with them who are serve, serving the devil. So we know that the same tactic is being used on both. That's why the divorce rate is the same. So once you understand the attack of the enemy, then you can start to operate and save the marriages that are, well, of course, everywhere, but especially those who are Christians. And this is the attack is that when a, a person throughout their life through witchcraft or through fornication or any open door of uh, exploring their own bodies or anything like that, the uh, pornography or some open door and a spirit spouse comes in, it could be happening through any time through life. And that spirit marries that person through molestation, but it marries them. And just say this person now goes through life. They find the person that they want to marry and both of them wait and they become, they're Christians and they marry. Then all of a sudden, once they marry, then what happens is that there is a, this person has a spirit spouse and this spirit spouse is jealous, like you said, of the person that they just married. And the person who has the spirit spouse will now start to say things that they should not say to the husband or to the wife all along. What it's trying to do 
is push that person away so the spirit spouse can stay with the one that they have married. And I had this conversation, matter of fact, today, Jennifer, to where the man said, I have been, we have been through deliverance, but my wife is just so jealous. And I just don't understand what it is. I said, I know what it is. I understand exactly what it is. And this, this spirit spouse connected to her would make her, him, it say things to her husband, like, uh, well, don't you, I, I don't, I see you making eyes at her, a woman at church. I see you making eyes at her. Well, see that spirit spouse is trying to push him away. And eventually what will happen, that man will say, I'm tired of hearing this from you all the time. I don't even want to hear. And the next thing is the, the marriage bed is divided. He don't, the spirit spouse doesn't even want you to be in the same bed as your wife or your husband. The spirit spouse wants to be in bed with you. The other one goes share a marriage bed somewhere else. And, and as long as you're not together, the spirit is happy because there's no way that you're going to do anything in the other room to uh, one that it's jealous of. So that's how the spirit spouse works on the Christian is that it will make the, the wife or the husband say things to the partner to make them angry. And it is anger that comes up. And, and then next thing you know, that anger that comes up in the person that's trying to push away, the person who's got the spirit says, so say, I don't want to be married to him. He's always angry. He's always angry about this. Or I say anything about, he gets angry. So the spirit spouse and the anger starts to work and separate. And as soon as that happens, um, you know, the, the divorce begins, but let me tell you a lesson the Lord showed me about of divorce because we're talking about spirit spouse and the spirit of divorce most deliverance ministries when they come into a situation of a husband and wife who's having problems they will look for generational divorce hey, you know do, is it in your uh, mom dad brother sister is it grandparents or grandparents so what they do they break the generational curse of divorce and command that spirit of divorce to come out let me tell you what the mission of the divorce spirit is, and it is overlooked and delivers, and people do not understand the real mission of divorce. They think that the mission of divorce is to cause a divorce, that this divorce spirit hates one another or something like that, and that's not the true mission of the spirit of divorce. Here is what the spirit spouse does. The spirit spouse makes the person so jealous of the other person that they hate one another to where the spirit spouse feeds the spirit of divorce and the spirit of divorce is the one that makes the person say i want a divorce and that's the job the spirit spouse activates that spirit that says i want a divorce and what ministers are doing they're trying to get the divorce spirit out and that's not the problem the, the, the spirit of divorce is only the vocal spirit that speaks out into the atmosphere. I want a divorce spirit spouse above it is manipulating the situation in jealousy to eventually the person gets to the point that says, I want a divorce. And once divorce is spoken, then that sets things into motion to where a divorce takes place. You know what this brings my mind back to our last interview 
how you mentioned going to marriage counseling away somewhere to a cabin or a retreat, you're wasting your money. Why did you say you're wasting your money? And it made, I think everybody who saw that, it made them think, wow, maybe we were wasting our money. Why did you say that? So going to a retreat to uh, try to repair your marriage is a, it can be, it can be in the world's way of doing it. It can be the Christian way of doing it. But until you address the demonic spirit of divorce, generational divorce, maybe, or spirit spouses, unless you get to the root of it, you're just wasting your money going to a weekend uh, of an encounter. It could be romantic uh, and things like this here. And you go back home and you've got the same demonic spirits in you in the same situation. And you're trying to figure out why does not, why doesn't God's word work? And it does work but you got to get the demons out first and then start to plant into good fields, good hearts, a good Christian lives and things like that. So yeah, you've got to, you got to do it like that uh, as well. I don't know, Jennifer, this is crazy stuff. Isn't it? Well, you know, speaking yeah. of getting the demons out, there are some people who are afraid of demons. So the way you describe how to get the demons out, you describe how to do it. You gave the technique and we know it's all through Jesus, how you do it. Right. In the but name of Jesus. What? Right. In the name of Jesus. So why, what would you say to those people who are thinking right now, okay, I can cast these demons out, but I'm scared of these demons. When they come okay, out, so, will they hurt me? Will they retaliate? Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing is that when we take a person through deliverance, there are certain things that we do. We bind the strong man in the name of Jesus. We forbid any retaliation from any family, pets, friends, anything in the family we forbid their retaliation of because they would try to frighten you and to say, don't cast me out because it's ownership. They consider you, uh, as far as being owned by them. So there don't be afraid. The enemy would try to make you apprehensive or anxiety or fear of demons or fear of retaliation. That is a tactic that he uses when you start to make, listen here, coming for deliverance. Once you make your mind up, will probably be one of the hardest things you've ever done. Because once you make up your mind and say, I am going to be prayed over, I'm going to be checked out, I want to make sure of. When you make that decision, I tell people it will be the hardest decision and the hardest fight that you will have to get before somebody to sit down and let them pray with you. Because they know that you're serious and, they, and the demonic spirits know that if you go through with this here, they're going to lose their home. So they will make you sick, you'll have headaches, uh, all type of things will come in to play uh, in that. But if you press through and pray and seek God, God will deliver you. And there's nothing to be afraid of deliverance because uh, God gave. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to setting captives free. This is what Jesus came to do. Spirit spouses was prevalent in the times of the Romans. It's been in times of all humanity. These things have been available. Uh, Lilith and Incubus and Succubus and uh, all masturbation, all it's all, it's, it's all there, but because of our society, they've hidden and many people are afraid. They, they think about deliverance as the head turning around and spinning, uh, like Linda Blair or things like that. That is not what happens, not saying it can happen, but, um, things like that can, you know, there can be manifestations, but we know how to do it. So seek you out, seek out deliverance. If you're going through any of these things, seek it out so that you're not tormented. Or like I have seen people said, 
my father had this problem of masturbation and what have you. I have it. And now I found my little six-year-old doing the same thing. And it's a generational curse uh, of these things. You need to break that now. And so it doesn't pass down the bloodline, but deliverance is the key. I don't know what it is. It's not a subject that I enjoy to talk about, but I do know there's a lot of people who come to us and say, I'm battling this here. It's even in my own church that even since just you and I have talked last time and it brought to light, as I shared with you them about the subject, uh, there's people in my own church that's pulled me to the side and said, pastor, I need to come for a session of deliverance. This is what this is going on. And, uh, you know, we're going to accommodate them, but there are many stories that people have had about this, this incubi succubi. And I want to share one with you, how intelligent that demonic spirits are. And even though there might not be succubus or incubus, but I want to speak to you about this, the, the spirit that's called uh, Lilith or Lilith. And, um, in this story, um, I was called to go to Mexico on this side of the border in Laredo. And it was a church of about 40 people. And while we were there, we, we, our church actually took off on a, um, Thanksgiving weekend. So that would mean what, like uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we took off and rented a van and all. We went to Laredo, uh, gave up our Thanksgiving weekend with our families, went there and we took 40 people through deliverance at the church where the pastor wanted us to. And I got connected with a man by the name of Abel. And Abel was infamous in the community uh, there. And what happened to him was that a spirit would come at nighttime and make him uh, dress up like a woman and go sell himself. And he did not sexually, you got to realize this thing was sexually come and make him dress up like a woman and go sell himself. So we are there and I'm working with him for three hours. I did everything I know to try to call up this spirit no manifestation at all. Now I am working through an interpreter. So I'm thinking it may have something to do with the language barrier. And, but that was not. So I had another minister. I said, you come in and you work with him. I mean, I, I can step aside and it doesn't have to be me. He works with him 30 minutes, no manifestation at all. Nothing. Abel starts to cry. And he says, nobody can help me please nobody can help me i need help and i said to him i said abel don't don't say that i said jesus can set you free and then i said lord we did our hands i said lord i i don't know what to do i need help you got to help me i've I've exhausted all the knowledge i know and i just don't know what to do and here's the word of knowledge that came to me just like this the the holy spirit says ask the interpreter to ask the interpreter what name does he use when he dresses up like a woman and go sells himself. And I asked the interpreter. And when he said, he asked the name in, 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 in uh, Spanish, what name do you, you use? All of a sudden, Abel's face changed and contorted and went, Cassandra. And that was the, that was the name that he used when he dressed up like a woman. And uh, then at that moment in time, I was, getting ready to start the exorcism of calling that spirit out. And the Holy spirit checked me. He says, "Uh, uh-uh. ask this question now and listen here, y'all. This is the Holy, the Holy spirit question right here. The Holy spirit. I asked the man, the interpreter said, ask him, ask the spirit, what name were you created with? 
I want to know your creation name. You hear me? I want to know your creation name. And the man said, let me have a piece of paper. You know, got a piece of paper, reached over and got it. And he took the pencil, his pencil, and he wrote this on it. And he said, can you read that? Yeah, Lilith. I see it now, Lilith, yeah. And, I, and he showed it to me, and I went, oh, I know what that is. I know what that spirit is. And then he takes the paper back. Look here. This man is, he doesn't know the Bible. He's, he doesn't, I mean, he, I'm just letting you know what happened. And then he takes the ink pen, he writes on here. He writes on the bottom of it, this right here. I don't know if you can see that or not. It says Isaiah 34. That's his note. And when he said, when that spirit held that up to me, I went, oh, I know what that is. And if you read Isaiah 34, you will not find Lilith in Isaiah 34. But if you had studied it like I had years before uh, in my 20s, then in Isaiah 34 in verse 14, the screech owl is translated Lilith, Lilith. And it is the screech owl in the King James Version, and it is translated from the Hebrew word Lilith. And the spirit, the spirit that I was dealing with, used the name Cassandra, but it was really the spirit called Lilith that is a spirit that the Hebrews believe and that believe through uh, the scriptures or through uh, Hebrew folklore of the, the, the Hebrews and culture that Lilith or Lilith was Adam's first true wife is what they believe. And it claims to be, and that it uh, is a sexual spirit that comes at nighttime and molests people in their dreams, in their sleep, or makes them dress up like a woman and go sell themselves. That spirit called Lilith, was one that I came across and we cast that spirit out of Abel and Abel was set free from it. And I stayed in contact with the pastor and that he was set free and he was uh, delivered from the spirit. So armed with that information, several months would pass by and I would uh, be at church and there would be a husband and a wife team that would come to visit with me. And they would be telling me, and they said, we have something we need to share with you. I want to see if you can help us. I said, what is it? They said, well, in their house, in their garage, that the husband had a room that was built. And in that room had nothing but high heel shoes, women, high heel shoes in the whole half of his garage. His wife was not allowed to go in that room at all, but she had, he had high heel shoes. And what he would do, he would put on the high heel shoes. This was a huge man. Y'all know who Herman Munster is? Do y'all know who, who, do y'all know who? The Adams family, Herman, right? Her, uh, Herman Munster was the Munster family, the Munsters. The well, Munsters. not the Adams family. He was the, he was the, uh, the Adams family was another one, but the okay, Herman Munster was Munster. He had the flat head. Okay. And he would go, hoo, 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 Oh, yeah, with the, the square head, right? The, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's right. That, he looked like Herman Munster. That's how big he was. And, um. What I found out by 
Now you got to re realize being armed with light leaf and the Cassandra issue and about this here, God starts to build. And this is the story of trying to help you as deliverance ministers or people who are battling this, that these spirits have names, they have characteristics and that you can be set free from them. And they are, they don't die. They just go from generation to generation. So she said that they had that room with shoes. And so armed with that and not having to spend hours now, I said, let me ask you this here. I says, hey, do you go out at nighttime and dress up and go to the bar? Yeah, sure do. I said, well, let me ask you this. Do you have ID as if you were dressed up like a female? Do you have ID with a picture on it? And he had ID in his wallet sitting there with me. And it was a, I, the name of Carol was the name that he had on the ID and credit cards in his wallet. So now you got to realize not having to sit there for hours. Now, now there are questions that we knew to ask because we're going to unveil that spirit that's tormenting him. And then when we call that spirit up and I got it up, I said, come up here, Carol. I want the spirit. I want the, the spirit that makes, uh, this man go and dress up like a woman and put on high heel shoes, come up here now in the name of Jesus. And once that spirit came up, I said, tell me your name. I want to know your name, Carol, what name are you using? And the spirit says, I am Lilith. My name is Lilith. What? And that spirit came. Yes. So you got to realize several months apart, but see, God educates you in the events of things that you're going to deal with so that you're not spending hours with the same thing, but through this, you learn how to help people. So then when the spirit's up, I said, tell me, why does he put shoes on? Why do you make him do that? And here's what it said. Are you so sick? Pastor, tell me, what did it say? <laughs> here's what it said. It said, <laughs> It says when he was small, he was his, his mom made him leave the house and like he had disobeyed and whatever he did and pushed him out the door of the backyard. And he felt so nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Why are they pushing me out of the house? He goes to the backyard at the fenced area. And there is a pair of women's shoes in the backyard. And a, something speaks to him in his mind and says, go put on the shoes. And when he reached over and put on the women's high heel shoes, there was something that came into him. And all of a sudden it made him feel like he was loved, warm and accepted. And that is when that spirit came into him, Lilith. And that would now use him because of the rejection was the open door of that open door, putting those shoes on. And he was tormented with the spirit, uh, Lilith until he got set free from, of that tormenting spirit. So this is how this happens. I'm so yeah. glad that God is using you to, to, to help deliver people from this. Why in the world, why in the world do you think that churches are not teaching this? I mean, so many Christians, as you know, have been reaching out to you and the majority of people have no idea that this is the case. Why are churches not talking about this? Well, you know, one of the things is that deliverance has to start from the head down. The pastor has got to believe in deliverance and that a Christian can have a spirit. And I believe that the demonic assignment against pastors 
are things such as this that I have seen, that there are demonic spirits that are sent out, and their mission is to blind pastors from the reality of deliverance. And their mission, and I've and I've cast this demon out of uh, people who were in deliverance ministries who were struggling, is called the resistance to the deliverance ministry. That is the specific name of the demon, and its job is to make pastors to resist the deliverance ministry. It is telling them it's not real, it's not true, and that spirit, once they start entertaining that spirit, next thing you know, it's hard for them to grasp the truth that deliverance is real because they have a demonic spirit in them telling them every time they hear me talk about it, it's not real, it's not true. Their job is to resist almost like a spirit spouse, their job is to talk to the pastors and resist any truth that comes through, through that. So that's one reason. The other thing is, is that if they do believe in deliverance and they know it's real, they know it's a sacrifice to, to spend with people. And then a lot of people are not going to spend three or four hours uh, learning the lessons that we have learned uh, to take people through deliverance, to gain that knowledge, to build a a working knowledge of troubleshooting. It's almost like troubleshooting in the instrument and electrical field to become good at what you do. You've got to troubleshoot a lot of problems and based off those troubleshooting, those problems, and you become one of the, I mean, you become very good at what you do because you've seen all of these things. A lot of people are not willing to put the time in uh, to go through the learning process in that. That's why it is so critical to get books of people who, who are just not spewing out, spirit spouse, spirit spouse, spirit spouse, it's this, this, and this, but the tactics of how it's used and the troubleshooting or the uncovering of the, of the tactics that he uses. And if you do that, then you can unravel some of the problems uh, much more quickly than it would take an hour to learn those lessons. So if you would, you know, say, Lord, if you was, if a person will say, God, show me and use me, listen to me that God's waiting for people to step up to help set his people free. Uh, and they're called deliverers, and that's what Jesus came to do. And they pulled on Jesus day and night, and Jesus had to get away. Uh, there were so many people pulling on him. They were the throngs, and they were, they were all around him. Help me, help me, help me. Same demonic spirits then, same demonic spirits today, and he had to uh, find time for himself to be able to rest in that. So a lot of times people aren't going to spend the time. Uh, but God, God appoints you to the right people to help out. And I thank God, every deliverance minister, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus thanks you. God loves you. Angels about you and protect you. And I pray that God sends you many, many more. <laughs> I want to thank you because you're a pastor who is hands-on. You're a hands-on pastor. You don't just preach on Sunday and go home and study for next Sunday sermon, you actually take time with people, with the congregation. Right. That's a true pastor. And I want to thank you so much because you're leading the flock and they feel comfortable with you and people feel comfortable to even come. Like you said, you have somebody with you right now or who's in town from the UK seeking you right. for deliverance. So that means that you are, you make yourself available to the people. Thank you. I want to thank you from my heart. because oh, yeah. I, I see a lot of pastors not doing that, you know, over time, when you become a pastor, you know, me being a minister's child, I've seen the ins and outs and all that stuff. Sometimes pride sometimes seeks in or sometimes you just get tired because being a pastor is a very hard job, as you know. So just thank you so much 
for obeying the calling of Jesus Christ yeah. and spending time with his people, with his flock and helping deliver them. Cause that means a lot, especially to me. Thank you very much for that. Uh, and, and, um, uh, I make myself available. I, I'll say this here is that there's a lot of requests we have. I don't know how, you know, Jennifer, since our last interview, y'all, I don't know how many thousands I got thousands and I'm having to hire staff to help to just to answer the calls. And then not only that, to gauge up with, we had to send out a certain form to people to tell them, tell me what country you in, uh, tell me how we can connect with you. You know, they call from the UK and say, I need help. And I said, Oh no, I need more than that. Tell me where you're at. What time zone are you in? Tell me all of these things. So we have a form that's on our website. They can go and request deliverance and it's very detailed and it's so that we can help other people. So I haven't, I've, I've got a staff I got to hire to be able to answer the phone calls, to be able to get back. We're also setting up people that will be geared towards helping people out of country. So they'll zoom out, uh, into South Korea or Africa or whatever, how they, um, you know, London, different places that we crossed the world that we connected with so that we can zoom into them like you and I are now and take people through deliverance. It is, um, it is a, a venue. I think the Lord has used, uh, has made so that we can, um, zoom so we can take people through deliverance. It is quite effective in doing that. It's better than telephone, but, um, being here, like we are seeing the face, seeing what's happening with the body. It's just like sitting right in front of us uh, and doing that. Amen. And another thing I'm happy that you mentioned, being contact. How can people contact you? I know you said you're a little overwhelmed right now because you're being reached from all over the world. But how can people contact you if they want one-on-one -on -one deliverance with you? or your Okay. Staff? Very good question. So what we've developed since our last session with you is that on our website, you can get to it like this here. It's called spiritualfreedomnetwork.com. Spiritualfreedomnetwork.com. Look in the announcement section. I think it's the second one down. And it says request a deliverance session, a freedom uh, session, a freedom deliverance session. You want to you wanna do one-on-one -on -one or what have you? Go there. Click on that. It's a form that opens up. It tells us the time you initiated that. tells us what country, your name how you, how can we contact you? Um, all of the information that's pertinent. And then there's a window there that you can enter in all the data. As much information as you tell me will help us to assign you to the right person. Like your age is very, I know a lot of people don't want to tell their age, but it's very important so that we know that if you're uh, 20 years old or 14 years old or 66 years old or what have you, that age group lets us know in our mind, the, you know, how they have progressed through life, maybe. And the person that we need to put with you that can pray with you, whether it be myself or one of them on our staff or our team, but we have trained people uh, at our church or at our facility. We have trained people to do this. And uh, speaking of training as well, that based off of what has happened, Jennifer, and thank you for your platform is that our training has exploded. Uh, in October, we're having one go to that website, spiritualfreedomnetwork.com and stay attuned there. If you want to be trained or, or can I say this here? If you want someone to come speak at your place or something like that, you just got to initiate that through contacting us there. 
uh, spiritualfreedomnetwork.com is the way you can contact with us. You can go, there's going to be a phone number, uh, 803-761-7233, leave a voicemail. And I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. If you leave the voicemail, I am, uh, the, the staff is going to copy that link to fill out that form and send it back to you. So if you'll just, you know what I mean? Cause that's got to be the way we capture the information. So if you call that number, say, Hey, I need help. Boom. Look right back behind it. You're going to see that link to that form. So go straight to that form to go ahead and have to do the email, the voicemail, fill that form out. And it goes right into what we need to do. And we can, we can narrow this down. So please be patient with us and we will work with you. Amen. Thank you, pastor. Thank you so much. Now, last time we closed out with a prayer for mind control. This time I'm going to close out with a prayer against spirit spouses. So could we do okay. that? All right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'll do that against spirit spouses. And let me tell you what happened. Um, when I was at the, the, the deliverance, the, what do we call this? The international, no, the national deliverance conference in Mount Juliet, Tennessee with pastor Greg Locke. While I was there, I had the opportunity to pray for several people who had spirit spouses. And, uh, one gentleman came and sat down with me and I started taking him through deliverance. And the reason he was there was because he said, I am tormented by this. So having short of time and, and it, it we're talking about 3000 people all around us screaming and deliverance breaking out. I'm talking about, it was a riot going on. You're talking about demons coming out. They were coming out, but we were able to pray over him and set him free from a spirit spouse. So I'm going to do the same thing in like I did with him. And, uh, I just had him renounce, uh, the involvement with a spirit spouse and close the open doors. And then I started talking to him and I said, come out in the name of Jesus. You hear me use spirit spouse that has authority or cannot contact with him, come out in the name of Jesus. And he started retching and, you know, and I tell people, if you're listening to me right now, you cannot do this driving down the road. I'm just saying you, if you're flying an airplane, do not listen to this. If you're driving an 18 wheeler, do not say this prayer. If you're traveling down the road, pull off the side of the road. And then we're going to pray. Jennifer, you all right? <laughs> when you said flying an airplane, that's serious. Please don't, please don't do this while you're flying an airplane. Everyone wants to survive behind you. <laughs> exactly. And um, so I've been in airplanes before talking about deliverance. And the, uh, the pilots start saying, I feel something in my stomach. You know, and I said, well, we got to stop y'all. We cannot talk about this while we're, he's the only one who knew how to fly the plane. And we start taking him through deliverance. I don't know what's going to happen. You're going to pass out or what have you. And I don't know how to drive that thing. So uh, you need to be, it's not, we talk about having a number one prayer and a number two prayer. A number one prayer is Lord help all the people who have the spirit spouse, set them free. And they go home with their spirit spouse. Number two, sp number two prayer is we're going to attack that spirit. Going to call it out. And you may feel something that may come up into your throat you may burp, you may cough, you may sneeze. They come out your airways is what they do. And um, so we're going to pray over that. And I'm going to do that right now. So everyone who's listening out there, let's engage. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for today. Thank you for your blessings. And I pray over the person right now who's watching this and they are tormented by a spirit spouse. You hear me, strong man? That's in that person there listening right now. I bind the strong man. That's in that person who's listening right now in the name of Jesus. You have no authority over God's people. You are bound. You are weak. You are defeated. 
you have been exposed tonight. The one that wants to cause divorce, the one that wants to cause jealousy in the home, the one that wants to cause anger so that you can separate what God has put together. I come against you now in the name of Jesus, and I command your, your mission to be found out and to be brought to null and void in the name of Jesus. So ever who's there, you say this here, you say in the name of Jesus, and do you want me to act it out like want, we did last time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, okay, hey, that's the way. That. That's the best way. Okay. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I do not want. I do not want. This spirit spouse. This spirit spouse. Anymore. Anymore. I come out of agreement with you. I come out of agreement with you. I divorce. You see your fin ring finger. Oh, you got to do this all here right, now. Right. I, divorce. I divorce. I divorce. I divorce. The spirit spouse. The spirit spouse. All spirit spouses. All spirit spouses. I divorce you now in the name of Jesus. Now in the name of Jesus. So you hear me, spirit spouse? You have no more authority over this person. Say now, let's do this here. Say, I spirit spouse. I spirit spouse. Give up my right. Give up my right to this body. To this body. And I go now. And I go now to the pit. To the pit. Come out, spirit spouse. Come on out of these people now. Come out. Come up and out. Come out of that body. Come out in the name of Jesus. You, can, you cannot have them no more. I don't come to you in my own name. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Come out of God's people. Up and out. Get out of that body. Come out now. And this is what I tell them, Jennifer. Breathe. I want you to breathe. Then ride your breath out. Come out. Come out in the name of Jesus. You've been found out today. They do not want you no more. Come out of that body all the way. Come out, spirit spouse. Come out. I bind all of you together, and I command you to come out in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Come out now. You're an invader. You're a trespasser. You're not supposed to be there. We close the generational curse. We break it now. We break the generational curse of the spirit spouse over this bloodline. Incubus, come out. Succubus, come out. Lalith, come out. All sexual perversion spirits come out, come out now. We close the doors to the dreams. We close the door to the, the halfway between the twilight sleep. We close the door now that would give you access. Come out now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. No, Amen. let me finish. Let me finish up. Let me finish. Father, I pray over that person now. The presence of Christ, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and the power of God would rest in that body on top of their head to the soles of their feet. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Lord. Amen. Thank, thank you, you Jesus. so much, Pastor, Pastor Henry. Again, I mean, just having you on is always a blessing. And you know you're always welcome. Whenever you have something on your spirit you want to share, you're always welcome here. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs>